This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Raw Reaction series, our daily transfer Arsenal show, Arsenal transfer show, but I mean one of those orders works, um, but good morning, I hope you're well, I hope you're good. Uh, today as we reach a day before the quarterfinals of the European Championships kicks off, two days without Euros has been dour, really, really dour, but a lot has happened uh, in Arsenal perspectives in that sense, not in official terms, but certainly in the terms of links to specific players. There's been plenty of stuff going on over the last couple of days, especially last night. You probably saw plenty of news drop last night. We're going to discuss all of that and more in today's show. Please make sure you drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are new. It is Friday tomorrow, which means we are doing our phone-in show as well, probably about four o'clock UK time. So if you fancy coming on the show, having a chat about Arsenal and transfers, etc., then make sure you send us a DM over at the Guna Talk TV on Twitter or the Guna Talk on Instagram. Make sure you send us over a DM and we'll do our best if you're over 18 with a good mic, good camera, etc., etc., good Wi-Fi, all that internet and good stuff then we'll make sure we try and get you on the show for tomorrow to give your thoughts about Arsenal's transfer window. Anyway, let's crack on with the show, of course, and start off with uh, our possible outgoings. And we start off with Arta Okonkwo, who, youth goalkeeper, I mean, he's someone who's been in the team uh, a little bit, not played at all, but he's been in and around the squad, been the 26th man at times and around the ground. Uh, has been in the Europa League squad because, of course, we we didn't register Ronison, so he was on the bench quite a lot of the Europa League games. His contract expired with the club yesterday. However, there is uh, growing confidence that hopefully a new deal will be achieved with him, according to uh, Charles Watts, as is the case with Kido Taylor-Hart, the other youngster. There isn't any real confirmation on him specifically, but there is hope surrounding him but the main positivity is certainly coming around Arthur Okonkwo and hopefully he will sign up with a new deal with the Gunners very very soon. Going on to Granite Xhaka. Uh, now of course Granite Xhaka's situation is a lot to do with um, the other player that we're going to be talking about a little bit later on in the show of course so I, I know you're very much well aware of but information coming out is that Juventus are interested in Xhaka. That he's a player that they've got on their radar and because of their financial situation and not wanting to spend loads of money he does 
kind of attracts them uh, as opposed to some of the other options that are a little bit more expensive. And because Roma are dithering uh, with their deal with this, uh, it has opened the door to Juventus in this situation. But we will touch on this a little bit more a little bit later on when we go on to our possible incomings. Going on to William Saliba. Now, news broke yesterday that, of course, um, his agent has been in discussions with Arsenal trying to find out and consider his options ahead of next season, what he's going to do. One of the clubs, though, that he will not be joining is Rennes in France. He's actually turned that approach from Rennes down. The reason being for that is that Rennes went in for Saliba in 2020. They then dithered. They went after Daniele Regani from Juventus, got him on loan. I think it was a loan. Uh, Arsenal were at once uh, interested in the uh, young Italian centre-back as well. But they went for Regani. They left Saliba waiting. He didn't really appreciate that and has completely outright turned down any approach from Wren this season. So one of the clubs that he'll not be going to is Wren. But there are still some Premier League clubs such as Newcastle, Southampton are also interested, as are Lille and some other clubs across Europe, including the likes of Bayer Leverkusen as well, in taking Saliba on loan for next season. Plenty of interest in a player that's very good, almost as if he's good enough to play for Arsenal or something. Anyway, moving on to our next story, Emil Smith-Rowe. Of course, we get a little bit worried about our boy seeing some links from Aston Villa going for the player 32 uh, I mean, 30 to £32 million pound bid was expected to have come in and been also rejected. Arsenal supposedly wouldn't even accept an offer of triple the amount of their first bid of £25 million. Pounds. Um, but the good news surrounding Smith-Rowe is that the news reported by Fab was that he is expected to sign a new deal. He gave verbal confirmation of this, and it is basically when he comes back from holiday, that is when he will sort out his new contract with the club. So the reason why we're like not... We haven't seen an announcement or there's been no kind of breakthrough yet. He is on holiday. We're waiting for him to come back. When he comes back from holiday, all will be sorted. So fingers crossed that one should not be an issue whatsoever. So make sure you stay positive about Smith Rowe. You don't need to panic as much as we have seen over the last couple of weeks or so. And also Mesut Urza. We both we have not talked about Mesut Urza in a very long time. And the reason being for that is because he left the club uh, in January. Now, his contract would have finished yesterday. Today is the 1st of July, the day in which we hope to see a lot more business going in the transfer market because free agents are now free agents. Players who have left clubs, officially their contracts have now ended. Obligations to pay those players have now ended. And that is the case with Meza Ozil as well. Arsenal were paying 90% of his salary up until yesterday, a figure that amounted to over £16 million being paid between those final months that he was technically still uh, on the books at Arsenal. But as of yesterday, or rather as of this morning, that has now finished. Mesut Ozil is no longer connected to Arsenal in any way financially, and we'd no longer have to pay that £300,000 plus per week contract to him, which should free up some other space on the wage bill. Of course, we, we knew this was going to happen. The, the executives knew this was going to happen. So I'm not saying anything's going to drastically change now. This is always kind of planned into what was going to happen this summer. But over £16 million spent on a player this year that is not in Arsenal's plans is a hell of a lot of money uh, that we've now got off the book. So fingers crossed um, we can now put this to bed. We've also obviously moved on the likes of Squadron Mustafi. We've seen Socrates leave. David Luiz is gone. That's more uh, wages off the wage bill over the last six months. We're expecting other players to move on too, to move off more players in the wage bill. That is one of the big reasons why Arsenal are being so proactive and active in itself in the market is because they have a lot more scope to invest because their wage bill has been dramatically kind of decreased and shrunk over losing quite a lot of these players, which, you know, is credit to Edu for getting them out when he did. And, and now we're getting them out permanently. So 
that's good news. Going on to the next story, which is Matteo Genduzzi. Now, this links very much into the Nuno Tavares uh, situation, who is obviously the Benfica left-back that we're signing. Genduzzi is a player that uh, obviously we've wanted to see move on from Arsenal. Well, most of us, uh, some of us have wanted to see him move on from Arsenal from the situation he finds himself in. Some people would like him to stay. That's completely fair enough. Um, but he is looking like he's going to move on. And actually, one of the deals that Arsenal tried to do was a link with uh, Nuno Tavares, the, the Benfica left-back, to try and include a basic swap deal. So there would have been no fee whatsoever. However, whilst Benfica may have been open to that, Genduzzi turned that proposal down. He wants to move to Marseille. And so therefore, when that eventually happens, which we expect it to happen over the next few weeks or so, uh, Nuno uh, will be coming into Arsenal uh, as the backup left back. If you want to find out more about Nuno Tavares or Tavares, however we're pronouncing it, I mean, I've been told time and time again that you don't actually pronounce the R from listening to other pronunciations. So it comes across as Tavares, Tavares, um, which is, a, um, I don't know, I don't speak Portuguese, but I'm told that you, it's not really, you don't pronounce the R as a hard R. So we'll get used to saying it as best as we can. I might be wrong. That's from listening to a few Portuguese people say it. So, you know, We'll get working on our pronunciations. That's your homework from the show. Um, but he looks like he's going to get done. Could arguably be the first one we get done. After all of the Ben White talk, all of the Conga talk, it looks like someone else is going to be the first person that Arsenal managed to sign in the next couple of days or so. So we get that in. He's a backup left back. I've got my reservations about him. I hope I'm proven wrong. I hope he absolutely smashes it at Arsenal and can be a really good backup option to Kieran Tierney. We move on to Sambi Lukonga, speaking of the devil. Um, he is also moving ever closer to a move to Arsenal. The deal has been agreed financially. It's just a case of this clause that still needs to be sorted out. But all the confidence in the world is that Sambi Lukonga will become an Arsenal player. Interestingly, though, some of the reports that came out yesterday suggest that Arsenal's priorities in the market now have shifted away from central midfield into other areas. However, we know that a link that broke yesterday evening kind of discounted that. And again, we'll talk about that in just a second. But Lukonga looks ever so likely to be becoming an Arsenal player very soon. Ben White. Now, Ben White's situation has gone a little bit quiet over the last week or so. Arsenal, of course, did bid £45 million and then supposedly have had a second bid going as well, which is 45 plus five. Um, to make it around the £50 million mark. Brighton don't want that. Brighton want a solid £50 million figure. But there were even reports yesterday that a £55 million figure is now what Brighton are asking for. It seems very much they keep upping the price uh, and Arsenal really need to sort this out. I don't know what kind of your cut-off point is where you go from 45 to 50 to 55. It was 40 originally as well. That's our first bid that we had turned down. Um I, look, just get the deal done. He's a very, very good centre-back. A lot of potential. I like the signing. I think it's a good move for Arsenal. A lot of praise comes from him from all of the people that have genuinely watched him and genuinely analysed him. Uh, there's a lot of praise coming for him. So we need to get this deal done. I don't expect it to really get done until after the Euros and after England's participation. But fingers crossed it can get done. If you see that, obviously, the Jaden Sancho situation is getting finished whilst Jaden's at the Euros... So why not Ben White also get sorted whilst he's at the Euros? It's something that we can do. He's not massively involved. Surely we can sort something out in this period and at least get the deal agreed and then fully signed off after the Euros have completed. But 55 million, when's your cutoff for Ben White? Going on to then uh, Locadelli, uh, the Italian midfielder. The big story of the day yesterday evening will continue to be the big story throughout today. Sassuolo's CEO has turned around and said that Arsenal have made an official bid for Locatelli. Uh, they're pushing hard to sign Manuel and it's an important bid. We will see. Now, 
I don't want to get people massively excited about this, even though even I get excited because Locatelli is a brilliant, brilliant player who by far outstrips all of the other players that Arsenal have linked to in centre midfield. He's got far more uh, potential than Basuma, far higher current quality than Basuma. In my opinion, he's better than what we've got. Obviously, he's better than Ruben Neves. He is such a good progressor of the ball, such a good disciplined player, great tackler. We've done a tactical breakdown on him. If you find want to find out a lot more about him and from the expert insight side of things too, there is so much to talk about with Manuel Locatelli and he is by far a really good player. Now, whilst I've now hyped him up, the important thing to think about is the fact that this situation is very, very much a little bit fishy because, as we know, it links all the way back to the Granite Xhaka situation. Juventus want to sign Manuel Locatelli. They've already had one supposed bid turned down for him and they aren't really willing to go to the €40 million asking price that Sassuolo are after for Locatelli. Now, by basically saying that another team, especially the size of Arsenal, have made an important bid for him it is pressurising Juventus into moving for the Italian international. This should, for me, this stinks of the whole merry-go-round situation. You saw a tweet from Chris Wheatley yesterday, which also summarised that as well. If I was a betting man, and I'm not, as I always say, I would say that Xhaka will end up going to Roma, Locatelli will end up going to Juventus, something will get sorted out. I would be shocked if Arsenal still managed to get hold of Locatelli. I really would. So don't get your hopes up about this one just yet. It's great if, if the case is true that Arsenal have indeed bid for him. There's been no official reports denying that Arsenal have made a bid for him. So that's positive. It's also positive that Arsenal are going for Laconga and bidding for another centre midfielder if this does turn out to be the case. So you can take that with a lot of positivity. If Arsenal can get hold of this guy, it'd be an amazing signing. But for me, I think it's a complete long shot. And I do believe that Locatelli's priority will certainly be Juventus. Uh, and he will look to try and move there. Italian players, as we've said time after time after time, tend to stay in Italy. Uh, it's not too common. You see Italian players like Verratti or Jorginho move away from Italy. They tend to stay there. And if they do move away, like we saw with Jorginho, there's usually a, a means to an end in the regards to Maurizio Sarri moved to Chelsea and Jorginho followed him. So there's usually kind of a, a catalyst for that, that reason. But Italian players tend to stay within Serie A. Um, and, and there you go. So it's it's an interesting story and it's exciting. And I love the link and I love the fact if it's true that Arsenal have indeed bid for him because it gives me the confidence that Arsenal are pushing hard for another quality centre midfielder on top of Lukonga. That's a really good bit of information. However, you need to take it with a big pinch of salt. That is our final story of the day. It does mean that we're going to move on now to answering your questions and your feelings and your thoughts in the chat box. So if you have got any questions you'd like to ask, please make sure you do throw them into the chat box. I hope you're enjoying these morning shows. If you are, please drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here. We do this every single day at 8 a.m. This is episode 58. We've done these 58 days in a row. It's only July. We've got two more months of the transfer window left, 60 more shows to go. A long, long time. I'm even going on holiday. I'm going to try and do these shows at 8 a.m. in the morning. So we'll see what happens. Also, if you weren't here at the start of the show, I am doing a phone-in show tomorrow at 4 p.m. UK time. If you'd like to have a chance to come on the show and share your thoughts about Arsenal's transfer window, make sure you send us a DM over at the Guna Talk TV and on Instagram, the Guna Talk. You can see them just scrolling across the bottom of your screen now. Uh, if you're over 18 years of age, if you've got good internet, good camera, microphone, even can be one on your headphones like I'm currently using because my microphone has decided to die. 
why. I don't really know why. I need to get it sorted. Um, but if you'd like to come on the show, then please drop us a DM and you can have your thoughts and feelings heard. Uh, thank you, Mark. Much appreciate the support, fella. Let's go through some of your questions then in the chat box and see what you guys are saying. Drizzy says, this Juve situation seems like a Jenga game where if they get Locatelli, then that piece makes everything fall. No competition for Xhaka and no Locatelli. It's pretty much how I see it, Drizzy. I, I, that's the prediction of mine is that Xhaka will go Roma. Uh, Locatelli will go Juve. Arsenal will end up getting someone around the, the Ruben Neves mold, I, I would predict at this stage in time. Uh, yours says, Arsenal finally make a signing and I'm feeling some kind of way. I'm feeling some kind of way about it. Why? What do you mean some kind of way? Do you mean negative, positive? Hopefully it's a bit of kind of a, a the first domino kind of falling and maybe now we're going to see Arsenal get a little bit more active in the market. Uh, Sabic, what are the chances of Sabitzer? No information has leaked beyond what we told you yesterday and yesterday showed that there is interest from Arsenal in Sabitzer and that he's available for around 17 million euros, which is a really good price. I'd be more than happy to see Arsenal go for him for that price, definitely. Um, but nothing extra has been coming out. No form of a bid, no talks, nothing official so far. Um, Peter says, Tom, uh, you're not yet tired of getting excited and disappointed with the transfers. No, Peter, I love the transfer window. It's great. I love the chaos of it. I love the drama of it. I love the unpredictability of it, as we saw. No one saw us go. I mean, you think about, and I love the fact that the ITK is getting embarrassed. We love, we love ITKs getting embarrassed. It's always great when we see that. Um, but no, I'm genuinely excited about the window. I'm really looking forward to seeing who Arsenal get done before the end. Uh, question from Alan who says, I love Locatelli. He is a goal-scoring mid... Mm, I wouldn't say necessarily goal-scoring midfielder. He's got goals in him, but he's not the type of midfielder that I'd describe as someone who really bursts into the box and scores goals. He can score, as we saw at the Euros, but I wouldn't describe him as a goal-scoring midfielder. If you actually watch our tactical breakdown on him... Uh, Rich Hall, our football Italia writer and uh, creator of Gentleman Ultra, a really in-depth knowledge of Italian football, he tells us that goals really aren't necessarily part of his game. It's more to do with pass progression, defensive uh, discipline, those side of his game. If we get him, we need to go for Basuma. Um, as another one, we need a destroyer, a proper six. What do you think, Tom? I hope we get three centre midfielders, including Lokonga. If Arsenal go and get three centre mids, it would be a massive move by the club to really strengthen that area of the pitch. I predict two and that doesn't include an attacking midfielder. So I'm not so sure. Locatelli can certainly play as your six. He can play as your eight. Uh, he can move into either of those two roles, and I think he'd be an amazing partner for Thomas Partey as well. Um, Mr. Harrison Carnaby says, uh, Hey, Tom, who are your favourites and least favourite candidates for the Tottenham manager? Well, I mean, yesterday, of course, Nuno was announced as Spurs' new coach. I'm very happy about that. I think that's a signing which doesn't take them forwards. It takes them backwards. I mean, he plays worse football than Jose Mourinho. So, you know, it may come back to bite me. Maybe it will. But I'm going to enjoy the uh, pessimism around that appointment while it's while it starts. Less, less pessimism is around Rafa Benitez going for Everton. I think that's a really good appointment. And we'll see how he gets on. Uh, I know a lot of Arsenal fans would have wanted to see him take over at Arsenal. So we'll have to see if he is the guy. To, I mean, everyone wanted Ancelotti. He ultimately failed, in my opinion, at Everton. So we'll see if Rafa Benitez can improve on what Ancelotti started. Uh, Anders says, would you be satisfied, satisfied if Arsenal get Locatelli and no Basuma? Because I would, though it's a long shot. I'd be very satisfied if Arsenal got Locatelli over Basuma. He's actually my preference to Basuma. I think, as we said before, there's a big obsession around Basuma. I, I like Basuma. I'd want Basuma, trust me. But Locatelli is a different level of player for me in comparison to the Mali International. Uh, Yusuf says, uh, how does it feel Arsenal making good moves in this transfer window? I'm excited for the upcoming season. Of course, at the moment, it's all talk. We're not going to get excited over nothing. 
not really excited over no transfers so far. But the style of signings that Arsenal are making fill me with that extra confidence that we are indeed moving in the right direction. So fingers crossed we can see that continue. Uh, Check per Nuno is not better than Mourinho. I mean, he took a Wolves side up to the uh, up to the Premier League. Sure, got a lot of investment, loads of improvement. They qualified for Europe. Didn't build upon it. Bad decisions in the January transfer window. Didn't get the right players in to cover that position uh, that they lost in Raul Jimenez going. Wasn't able to get the best from a lot of young players in that. And ultimately, they failed last season. So, I'm not for me. Just no chance. <laughs> um, Mo Fala says, Hi, Tom. Uh, we need backups uh, for those African Cup of Nations midfielders. Possibly so. Um, Lukonga, of course, isn't going to be going to the Euros. Um, Thomas Partey, uh, Euros, uh, African Cup of Nations. Partey will be. Uh, Basuma, who knows? His situation with the Mali national team is is one that we, we're not 100% sure about. Locatelli definitely won't be. So it's an area of the pitch that we need to make sure we're well stocked when that situation occurs. Uh, Wilson says, is Sabitzer more like an 8 than number 10? This season he's played more like an 8, but in previous seasons he's played as a 10, played as a number 7, can play in multiple positions, but he has played in more of a reserved role whilst the likes of Danny Olmo and Christopher Nkunku have played slightly ahead of him. It shows his versatility. It shows that he can play in those multiple roles, and I think that he's someone that really would be a big benefit to Arsenal were we to go and sign him. Um, Sasha Brady says if Arsenal do land a playmaker how does that affect the future of Emil Smith-Rowe where does he play, when does he play I think we've seen from the signing of Martin Erdegaard in January that he can play with a number 10 that we bring in he can play on the left hand side, he can play as a number 10 himself and I think the importance of Emil Smith-Rowe and bringing in that kind of additional reinforcement is that we know that Emil Smith-Rowe suffers from injury problems you can't leave yourself short. We know how influential having a number 10 in Arsenal's team is. You look at the first half of the season, no natural number 10. You look at the second half of the season, have two natural number 10s, and the improvement in form was absolutely staggering in comparison to the first half. Arsenal need to make sure they cover themselves with quality in that position. Smith Rowe was the first part. A top, top signing is the second part. And I also think the fact that they can play together is a really, really positive thing for Arsenal. Wesley says, if we go 4-3-3, do we need an attacking midfielder at all? Maybe Awar would be the perfect in that case. He is a really good number eight. Would fit a 4-3-3 better than a 4-2-3-1, that is for sure. However, I do have questions about his character and kind of his mentality. Um, but I think Arteta certainly wants to play more with a number 10. I mean, you look at the amount of emphasis he's put on Arsenal having a number 10 during their season but if we switch the three at the back which is still a possibility with the players that we're looking to bring in the players that we've got at the club then maybe we will choose to go with two central midfielders two number eights and therefore there would be a place for a, a profile like our for instance so no says martinelli will he get game time you'd hope he would get more opportunities this season you think the likes of Aubameyang's time on the left wing is coming to an end you think that saka and pepe are going to share the right wing responsibilities maybe if we move to a three four three saka will play the left wing back role maybe Saka gets to starting on the left-hand side, there's going to be opportunities. We can't always just put so much emphasis on playing really young players because the expectation for Arsenal is to get into that top four. That's the target for us. But if you put all this emphasis on playing so many young players, trying to give them chances, and with the expectation of also trying to get top four, those two things don't correlate too well. They, you can't expect kids to play all the games and for us to push for those top four positions. Yes, I want to see Martinelli given more chances, but I want to see the balance of quality on the pitch. If you look at the players, you look at how Manchester City use Foden. He is really their only real kind of young, really young player in that team. The rest are experienced. Manchester United, you look at how they use Greenwood. 
and the way they use him sparingly when he is used. He is pretty much one of the only youngsters. They've got that Ahmad Diallo that's obviously very, very highly rated. Is he coming in? He's getting a, a few minutes here and there. You look at the way Chelsea use their youngsters, the way that Liverpool use their youngsters. They aren't filled with 20, 21, 20, uh, sub 20 year olds. The expectation on Arsenal is that we need to get back into that top four and you need to then find the balance about how you use senior players and then your young players. If your young players are good enough, then great. But the expectation to play all of these kids and try and achieve our targets is unrealistic, in my opinion. You need to find that quality youth experience balance in your squad. And I don't I think we got that rather wrong last season. Um, let's go through a few more questions. We've still got time, got like 10 minutes left, so we're going to go through plenty more of these. Uh, let's scroll up and see what you guys are saying a little bit later on. EKK says 700 numbers plus watching. Let's drive up the lights. Thank you ever so much for support, guys. If you are enjoying the channel, please make sure to drop a like on the video. I appreciate the support. As always, Alberto says, with the beginning uh, of the schedule being different, uh, difficult, rather, do you think Arteta stays if they struggle or do they go a different route? I have no faith in, in Arsenal's uh, kind of ability to act quickly. Even if Arsenal to lose their opening five, to t- out of 10 games, I reckon he'd still be at the club. So whilst I don't think he should be, I think he should certainly be under pressure from minute one. And if his start is not good, we need to change things. But I don't have faith in the club to change things very quickly, to be honest. Uh, so he'll says, Tom, what's the Ren Saliba deal? And can it be concluded that Arteta and Edu were not at fault in the summer of 2020? Uh, no, that it can't be concluded that they weren't uh, at fault because there were certainly other club situations like the San Etienne situation. There was a, a loan offer from them that they basically barely even responded to. Uh, San Etienne were very critical of, of Arsenal's handling of the, of the deadline day situation with Saliba. So no, they, they can't be absolved of fault. They can be for the Wren situation, though. The Wren situation, as we talked about a little bit earlier, was basically Wren were interested in Saliba. They ended up going for Daniele Regani. They didn't really tell or keep Saliba updated, so that situation fell apart. But no, there is still very much a lot of fingers pointing towards the manager and Edu for how Saliba was handled in 2020. Uh, <laughs> uh, Savic says, three, uh, three at the back next season on the card. The centre-back accumulation indicates that of, uh, being a very real possibility. It is, and I, I like a 3-4-3 system. I think it works. I think it can be proactive. I think it's successful. You look at the way Chelsea have used it really well. You look at the way England have used it. You look at the way teams use this three at the back system and use it successfully. If you can use it with the right players, the right places, in the right positions, you can use it in a really proactive way. Clem says, I would like, uh, I would love to see Arsenal sign a proper captain. uh, Who do you think would be the perfect candidate? I miss the era of Adams, Keane, Vieira, etc., Obviously, captains and leaders in 2021 are difficult to find. Um, that's why we're signing players like Sambi Laconga, who's been a captain at a very young age. We were linked to Ruben Neves, who was a captain at Porto at a very young age. We've been linked to these players that have got kind of the characteristics needed to, to kind of add that leadership into the squad, which is really important for Arsenal. So in terms of specific players that I'd want that would really kind of add that leadership, I think Ben White has got those leadership qualities. He led that Leeds team up to the championship really well being vocal. Um, it's really difficult to, to kind of identify just out and out old style leaders, captains, because it's difficult to find that in 2021. But I think we've already got some players in the squad who are leaders. I think Kieran Tierney getting the captaincy eventually is going to be great. I think you've got young leaders in Smith Rowe and in Saka that are going to drive this team forward with how they play. And eventually, hopefully, we can move into more players that are going to be just like that as well. And hopefully another centre midfielder that can add that quality too. 
Denosis, is Maitland Knowles okay? Yeah, um, you may have seen the story yesterday that Maitland Knowles uh, was involved in a car crash. He's not hurt, supposedly. I'm not going to speculate as to why he crashed or what was going on with that situation until more details come out. But it's not great. Um, and hopefully, some, hopefully the details are released and the, the appropriate action is taken for whatever has happened. So uh, it's good news that he's okay. That's that's the main thing, that he's, he's healthy and he's fine, according to the club. So uh, we'll see how that one unfolds. Uh, as it says, this is why I like this show, Tom. Your pragmatic views on things is heartwarming. Heartwarming is not a word you see associated with Arsenal channels, is it? <laughs> uh, Calvin Cloet says, hi, Tom. What's the latest on the goalkeeper uh, ins and outs? Well, it's pretty quiet, Calvin, at the moment. There was interest, as we knew previously, in Onana, that situation with his ban being reduced. We thought that might kind of speed up the situation. We thought it might make Arsenal go a little bit harder, knowing that it had been reduced, but it's gone quite quiet. Inter Milan are interested in Onana now as well. And we know that there's this situation that Arsenal have interest in Aaron Ramsdale, whether or not they do a deal for that. Sheffield United won an extortionate price for him. Don't think it's worth doing. I think there are better homegrown Younger players like Freddie Woodman, for instance, that would be a lot cheaper. I don't think you should go for a big money deal on Aaron Ramsdale. I don't think that's the right choice. But the club seemingly like him a lot. And they are pushing for a, a big homegrown quota this summer. So we'll see how it pans out. But there's no real noise around goalkeeper today. Who knows? It could develop over the next week or so. We'll wait and see. Uh, Christian Lingard uh, says, uh, do you think we should be going for players like Georgino uh, Dest? Is it Georgino Dest? I think it might be. Um, of what the right-backs uh, would you look at? Des is obviously a great player and has done really well at Barcelona since moving from the US. Oh, not the US, sorry, from Ajax. Before that, he was from the US. Um, and the thing about the thing about Dest is he's, he's still quite raw, still got a lot of potential and a lot of developing to do. And when Emerson's now coming, he may find minutes more wanting. And they got Sergio Roberto there too. But I like his versatility. I like his potential. Kevin Campbell was talking about it on yesterday's show. If you haven't checked out our show, I did a chat with Kevin Campbell yesterday. Please make sure you do check it out. Um, but in terms of right backs, I like Zeki Celic. I don't think he had the best of Euros. I don't think that was representative of the last two years he's played at Lille. He's been really good for Lille over the last couple of years. I think there are... I liked Emerson. I really thought that Emerson was the right guy. My my first pick is always going to be Max Ahrens. I think he's the right choice. If Spurs end up getting him, I'll be gutted see him go there um but right backs are a dime a dozen um right now they're not they're not really that common so we'll have to see uh, how that one moves and if any more profiles and cases come available in the later on parts of the window uh fundament says uh, hey tom uh, with your experience how many do you think that we will bring in in total and who i mean it's a big question of course saying who i can't tell you exactly who i can tell you that i think it will be players like laconga like, like nuno Tavares, like uh, these type of signings, Ben White, you would hope we bring in two. I think we'll get four starters, and I hope that we get two backups. That's that's kind of my prediction, is four starters, two backups, but we'll wait and see. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit more and see what you guys are saying. And the chat box, Assassin General says, Tom, who do you think realistically we will get in this window? Love the content. Thanks, mate. Um, as I said, I think Ben White, Lukonga, Nuno are all your realistic type of signings. Uh, midfield is dip more difficult to try and work out, especially attacking midfield. There's so many different players that we've been linked to. Ask me again in a week's time, and uh, hopefully I can give you a more confident answer. Uh, IGKHD says, uh, Hi, Tom, what's your ranking of Arteta in terms of all the managers in the Premier League? Um, 
not particularly high, uh, mid table ish, because he's not had the experience so far. We've not seen enough from him. So, um, yeah, probably the middle, uh, to be honest. I, you can't really rate him too much. I mean, even the middle is generous because of the, how little experience he has and what he's achieved. He has won an FA Cup, which is obviously pushes him up, but he's not got the experience to be really rated amongst those top, top managers yet until we see some real kind of substance. From from his uh, from what he's about, so yeah, that's probably where I'd rate him around in the middle of, of the managers that are there right now. There's a lot of good managers in the Premier League currently. Sergino uh, Dest, yes, thank you, Emmanuel. You know when you have those moments where your brain just shuts down. Georgino Dest, Sergino <laughs> Dest, yes. Uh, Arslan says reports saying that Tavares uh, cannot be in the Premier League squad next season as he was born in 2000. I don't know why. I mean, that's. I imagine that's complete rubbish. Um, <laughs> I've absolutely. Uh, oh, are you saying he wouldn't be part of the um, kind of non-homegrown quota if he was? If his birthday is of a certain point after twenty twenty one, he's still under twenty one. If he turned twenty one this year, um, then I think he doesn't count towards that non-homegrown quota because it's twenty one years and over of players that were twenty one at the start of 2021. So, for instance, um, I'm trying to think of a young player that we've got that's over that age, but there's not. So, Joe Willock, let's talk about him, for instance. Joe Willock turns 21 before 2021, and he will count now as a proper homegrown player. He will not be in that because he turned 21 before that 2021 January 1st mark. If Nuno Nuno was born uh, of an age where he turned 21 after January 1st of this year, he will not go uh, into the non-homegrown quota. I hope that makes sense. Um, but if that's the case, I need to check his birthday. I don't know why I haven't just checked his birthday now. Let me do that. <laughs> Nuno Tavares. I mean, when was he born? He's 21. and uh, It was, yeah, so January 26th was his birthday. So that means he will not go to our non-homegrown quota, to the best of my knowledge, uh, until next season. So that's a really positive thing. For Arsenal, so that's good. Um, let's scroll down more and get some more of your thoughts. Uh, Doom McGunner says he wouldn't detract from the 17 foreign players permitted because he was born after January. Uh, there you go. Uh, would you take Pedro Gonzalez? Uh, Tom says Alan, yeah, 100%. He's a brilliant, brilliant talent. Would love him, I absolutely would love him. Along with um, uh, who else at Sporting? I like João Paulinha uh, in midfield. I think he's an absolute. He's a. Uh, I can't even use the word I need to describe him. Um, but, uh, something house housery is the word I'm looking for, but I'm not going to say it um, for our younger listeners. But uh, yeah, it, it, that that style of midfielder, I like him, um, and I think he did really well uh, at Sporting last season. So he's someone that I'm interested in. Uh, Neil says, "Do you think Locatelli is realistic?" I mean, he's within the price brackets of players that I'd expect Arsenal to go for, so I think he's realistic in that sense. What's not realistic is thinking that he would prefer Arsenal over Juventus. That's that's the difficulty with that situation. Sorry, Zach, no movement on Reese Nelson. No news about a possible departure. There was news previously that he was linked with a move to. Um, I think it was a move to Olympiacos, but that's been it. Actually, what I need to do later on today is I need to do our June update for the whole of the transfer window. If you remember, we did a show at the end of May. It's now July 1st, so I'll do our June update um, show this afternoon. That will be a plan uh, for the show, probably about 3 o'clock. So make sure you tune in for that one. Uh, Paulinho is a wrecking ball of a player. That's a much more uh, conservative way of saying it. Yes, you knew exactly what I was talking about. Uh, Christopher says, hi, Tom. What do you think uh, is our best and most valuable player? Greetings from Holland. I think Bakaya Saka, without an absolute doubt, is, is our most valuable player. English, young, international starter, 
amazing talent, followed closely by the likes of Emil Smith-Rowe. Uh, Kieran Tierney's up there as well with a, an amazing, valuable player. So, yeah, 100%. I think Saka is, is certainly our most valuable player at the club. Um, Abendrot says, can we just get signings before a new season starts like Bayern Munich? I agree. I hope that we do do that. Uh, Palm says, my top right-back pick has uh, to be Xhaka's teammate and Babu. Uh, the Wolfsburg, Swiss international uh, right wing back slash right back, was injured heavily at the start of last season. Rydal Baku was playing a lot of right back. He's now recovered from injury, has Mbabu. Rydal Baku then played in front of him for Wolfsburg last season. Um, he's a, an interesting player. He's, I think, mid-20s now. He's got consistency problems for me. That's, that's the big question about his game is his consistency. That's a big question I have, but I like him. Maybe he's someone that Arsenal could look to target. Uh, Michael says, if we're looking to add a homegrown quota, why not look at Sam Johnston from West Brom? Possibly a good shout, obviously, with the England team currently as well. And uh, certainly had a really good season and, and did his best to try and keep West Brom up last campaign. Uh, Chris says, hi, Tom. If you was Arsenal, I mean, I have. <laughs> how much money would you uh, want for Emil Smith-Rowe from Aston Villa for you to even want to take notice? I think that you're looking upwards of 70 million quid, to be honest. It's, I mean, I, I, um, there was a few people online who worked for Who Scored, I can't remember his name, said that 30 million was reasonable. And I really question that when you look at the amount of money that players are going for. He's, he's English, homegrown, Premier League quality. He's on the right trend. He's only improved. He's scored against the likes of Chelsea, etc. Uh, and he's, he's knocking on the England international door now for next season, definitely. So, no, I, yeah, I mean, it's priceless. I mean, there's, I don't think I could even put a, a price tag on him to consider it. I, I, he's priceless to Arsenal. I really do. Um, Arsenal like free agents. Who do you fancy, says Colin? Um, it's a good question. Free agents this summer. Uh, Lionel Messi's all right. And he's, uh, he's apparently quite good. Uh, he's a free agent now. Um, <laughs> uh, who else is a free agent this summer? Uh, Depay's obviously signed. G Jorginho has gone to... Uh, sorry, Jorginho. V uh, I think about signing Jorginho today. Uh, Gini Wijnaldum's gone to PSG. Uh, Eric Garcia's gone to Barcelona. I'm trying to think of more free agents that are out there. Bertrand is another one that I would have liked to see Arsenal bring in as a bit of a backup. I think that would have been very good. Van Arnholt is another possible backup um, this summer as well for that left-back position. So there's quite a few. Um, Kigi's brought up a good point. How much would someone like Taliso go for? I think you could get Taliso for a reasonable 30 million plus figure, to be honest. And I like it. I think he'd be a really good addition to the squad in that position for the number eight role. So maybe he's someone that Arsenal could look at. Sergio Ramos says O'Malley. I'm, I'm, I've got questions about Ramos. Obviously, he's a brilliant player. His age, his injury record, his wages, all of those things make me do question that one quite a lot. Anyway, I think we're going to wrap things up there. It's been over a 1,000 of you tuning in, well over a 1,000 of you have tuned in for this show. If you could drop a like on the video, I really would appreciate it. Um, we'll be back this afternoon for our June, end of June uh, Arsenal transfer update, seeing the players that have come in, see the players that we've been linked to, see how we've progressed from May and see where we might move for July. It is the 1st of July now. Lots of things are going to be changing after today with contracts running out, free agents becoming available and the ability for the continental window to officially open as well. So there's lots of movement. Really appreciate you guys tuning in as always. And fingers crossed, we can see some movement in the next few days or so. It's been a pleasure. Please tune in for our show a little bit later on this afternoon. Please do get in contact if you'd like to be on tomorrow's phone-in show. If you're over 18, got a good mic, good internet connection, good Wi-Fi, all of that stuff, good camera. 
um, and you'd like to come on the show, send us a DM over at the Guna Talk TV or on Instagram, the Guna Talk, and we'll try our best to get you on the show. We'll see you again very, very soon, guys. And as always, up the arse. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.